Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barn. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch. Today, we are speaking with the head of the NBA Players Union, Tamika Tremalio, who took over as executive director in January at an important time for the business of professional basketball. Tamika, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Michael. Well, first, I have to start because you're taking over for Michelle Roberts, who I have known for, for several years now, and uh, one great chief to another great chief. What what Did Michelle give you any advice taking over? Oh, absolutely. So really great question, and you were right. Michelle is certainly a legend, and it is obviously a privilege to be able to assume this role after her. I will say I actually worked with Michelle for about 15 years or so. So quite frankly, there have been many lessons that I have learned from Michelle over the years. She is really good at what she does and has really left the union in a great place. But I think the primary thing from her perspective is sort of focusing on the business, and I I think that was part of the reason for hiring me is so that I could really focus on sort of this next stage for the players and focusing on the business of basketball. So what is the next stage? What do you see on your to-do list, the three biggest uh, challenges you need to tackle? So there are three challenges. So thank you, Scarlett, very much for teeing that up. I've really been focused on sort of what are our business opportunities, looking at the future of basketball, and then finally the development and protection of our players. So when we talk about the business of basketball, that involves CBA, that involves global, that involves our licensing arm, Think 450. All of those things will make up what that looks like and recognizing that the market, of course, is changing. And then as we look at the future of basketball, we see the role technology is playing. We see how we have to engage fans differently. We now know the platform that our players have from a social equity standpoint, so making sure that we're responding appropriately to that and our corporate responsibilities. Certainly, as a union, our men are very, very generous. They 
are very focused on making sure that they're giving back to the community. So the things that we're doing there remain pivotal to what we do as an overall union and certainly what our players are doing, all 450 of them. And then finally, as we look at the development protection of our players, we're looking at not only physical health, but mental health. Uh, We recognize that during this time period, there are many individuals who have suffered from a mental health perspective, and certainly our men are no different, and they will play better as a result of being able to sort of offload some of those things. And then making sure that they're developed for the next stage in their career so that we're giving them opportunities, we're exposing them to business experts. And so even at All Star this year, we had the opportunity to do a business titan dinner, and we had Michael Rubin and Robert Kraft and Magic Johnson and David Solomon from Goldman Sachs, all of those individuals there to share some of their wisdom and to be mentors to our executive committee and to some of our players. So that's really where the focus is. Ostensibly from the outside, the labor relationship between the Players Association and the NBA and owners and and the commissioners seems to be the best, far and above all the other major sports. Why do you think that is? No, I think it is because we are all working towards one collective goal, right? We see the players certainly as the biggest asset. And so clearly the league and the owners have recognized that. And there is a tendency in thought that all boats can rise in this instance, right? And so I think that's part of it. I also think sort of living through COVID has taught us all a lot. And we recognize that we can do so much more together um, and better if we're together as opposed to sort of running at it apart. And so I am grateful to have inherited such a great relationship, but it's also a relationship that I think we are really focused on the players and how they're going to continue to grow, not only financially, but also from a development standpoint as well. Tamika, I want to ask about increased heckling um, from fans towards players, something that that happens here at home. And it's something that we've talked about with Michelle Roberts in the past. Uh, What's your thinking in terms of how to address this besides asking uh, some of the spectators to just leave the arenas? Yeah, so you are right, Scarlett, and it is it really saddens me to think about the experiences that our players have gone through, even as of late, as you know. Um, I I think that we really need to change that and obviously do more than just, you know, make it such that they can't attend games, obviously not just that game, but certainly for games in the future. Mm -hmm. I don't know what has happened, obviously, in the U.S. I think people are experiencing tremendous pain. I also think that people are, you know, getting out for the first time and being amongst crowds for the first time and perhaps getting a little carried away. Um, I also think we have to recognize that our players are human. And when things like that happen, it is very human to respond in such a way, right? And so I think the increased penalties and fines that we've seen for our players as a result of responding to it, we have to be a little bit more considerate about that because I think it has gotten out of hand. And to date, you know, the, the people who are suffering certainly from a financial standpoint are our players. While they also have been sort of ridiculed and embarrassed and heckled and you know in public um, those things are really really challenging for us Tamika there's uh, the landscape is so different even than what it was three years ago now we've got crypto uh, currency to deal with uh, we've got legalized gambling in 30 of our 50 states so far how do you guide your players especially the young players that are coming into the league through all these minefields 
Yes, it is quite a bit. And I, I will say, you know, we are we will be guiding each other because, as you can imagine, it is very different than even sort of six months ago I had anticipated. I will tell you, ironically, during the interview process, I remember Grant Williams asking me about the tax treatment of cryptocurrency. And I thought, oh, my gosh, look at what I'm going to be experiencing. They are brilliant. <laughs> and they're already thinking about these things and the impact that it will have. So That's super encouraging. I love that. I know. Can you imagine? It was really, really amazing. But it also cued me that this was something that I was going to have to be well-versed in. But recognizing that it is different, not only for our players, but everyone, we host a number of sessions, courses throughout the year where we are taking those opportunities to educate them. So when I talked about, you know, the three things that are a priority, development is one of them. And so that requires additional education, right? I think, you know, they all recognize that they want to be learning and that's the thing that excites me the most is that they're looking for opportunities to learn. So while our executive committee members and our board of player representatives are really our business titans, there are so many that are within the the league that really want to be focused on additional learning. So we offer those opportunities in our summer meetings, during our career planning process. So there's been a lot around that for certain. I want to talk about women putting a what for and why whipping on the sports business world because I, I and I'm very happy to see it. And where do you see that going down the road and all those, well, I can't say that word, all those stereotypes uh, are just getting shattered. Uh, where do you see it going? Yeah, well, for certain, we all know that if you can see it, you can be it, right? And I think for certain, as we see more women in these roles, we recognize that it also makes it such that other women, other girls believe it to be possible. And so I think that that is phenomenal. I will also tell you, just like I am not the first in this situation, I am incredibly proud to be the second. And I hope there will be a third and a fourth. And so, you know, one of the things that I think will be so inspiring as we stop saying the first, right, and that we are seeing this more often because we recognize that other individuals can do this and little girls can dream about doing things differently than than perhaps I had the opportunity to dream about. At some point, there will be a first uh, woman head coach as well in the NBA. What are, what do you think the players, how do you think they would contend with that? Or is that something that they want? Has this come up at all in any of your discussions with the players? You know, it has not come up directly in my discussions. However, you can see that they are very open to it, right? Based on what? Well, because they have hired Michelle in this role. They hired me in this role. So Mm -hmm. I think they are seeing that, obviously, women can be in leadership roles. They're seeing that women can be great coaches. We have seen it already, you know, at the collegiate level, obviously, Mm -hmm. women taking on head coach positions. Last night, I was actually at the game, and they were honoring HBCUs, and they showed um, Tuskegee and the first female coach of their football team. Like, those are things that you're you're seeing, and certainly our men are incredibly supportive of that. They're supportive of seeing women in leadership roles for certain, um, but they also are, are supportive even of our WNBA, um, their colleagues. They do a lot to make sure that they're engaged with them and that they're lifting them up. So I think this is just going to be one of those things that will happen as a result of that. I, I just want to pick up on that WNBA thing. It's on my notes right here. Does the WNBA need the NBA to be more proactive in order to thrive well, when you say more proactive, what do you mean by that? And should they be more supportive, or no? I think the league as a whole, not the not not the players, financial support, um, public support, uh, 
promos. Specific partnerships, right? Yes, uh, attending games, uh, doing promos with with, uh, with members of the NBA and the WNBA together to bring more awareness, to bring more people into the seats and more eyeballs to the television sets. You are absolutely right. When we recognize that, Mike, that that is something that we really need to do and to be focused on. And our men are already doing it, right? They are attending the games. They're participating in joint marketing events. I know you've probably seen commercials as of late that have not only been with our men, but they've been with the women as well. And so that is a significant part of it. But even here in our office, we share our services. We think about things together. We go to market together. We look for opportunities that we can do things jointly. So there is no question that not only, you know, I wouldn't say that they absolutely have to have us, but I think with us being a part of them, that is significant and I think has made a huge difference in their success as well. Tamika, thank you so much. That's Tamika Tremalio, the NBA Players Union Executive on the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlett Fu and Mike Lynch. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. And catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch at LynchyWCVB. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than a destination. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all. All of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.